Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Hey everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I'm in Baltimore at Monument City Brewing with Ken Prey and Dave Thompson. Thanks for having me out, gentlemen. Hey Chris, thanks for coming. It's been we, a while. It has been a while. Although, I mean, it hasn't been that long since I saw you, because sure. I can't remember what the name of that event was. Uh, but it's definitely been a very long time since we've yeah. talked on the record, That's I right. guess. The, and it, and it, the event was probably long enough to where neither you or I can remember the name of the event. Yes. So. so maybe it was a while. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> it, was, it, it was definitely post-March of 2020. Yeah. I just don't remember when. I think it was... But, it's all kind of a blur. Yeah. Ultimately, I guess it doesn't matter. No. You're here now. <laughs> but yes. And we have a lot to catch up on because so yeah. much has happened since the last time we talked. Um, where do we want to start? I think we, we let's start with what's on the table in front sure. of us. Sure. Because that is the newest, most exciting thing. Um, then we can talk about the farm and then like all the other things that have taken place in the, sure. the blur that has been the last three or so years. That's right. That's right. So we'll talk slowly. Um, yeah. So I'll I'll maybe talk a little bit about our new uh, summer series, and then you know hand it over to Dave, who who's created these these beautiful beers. So, um, you know, every year we we try to do something a little different. You know, and for us as a primarily production brewery that distributes, uh, you know, there are some limitations, but. Um, for I don't know, good six, seven months, Dave and I have been kicking around the idea of like a table beer series. And so we wanted to make it something that was a, a little more attractive than just a, a traditional table beer. And so we decided to come up with a four-part series. Three are fruited, one's dry hopped. Um, and we were sitting around kind of trying to figure out uh, what the name would be. And, you know, that's always a process. And, and for some of us, we're, we're maybe not as creative as others, so our names, it's, <laughs> it's a bit challenging. But um, I don't know if it was Dave or Chris, but someone said, you know, what do we, you know, they're just cute little beers. And then I think. Yeah, I think we were trying to explain what a table beer is. And uh, like, yeah, all the countries in Europe have their own version of a table beer. And in Belgium, they're kind of, it's like a cute little Saison. <laughs> and it stuck. Yeah. And so that's the name of our series, Cute Little Saison. Um, and we're going to release two this weekend, so the 25th. On uh, the first two, we have a blackberry version. And then what we're drinking here is the raspberry version. Uh, and uh, 3.5%, so really easy drinking. Um, you know, just delicious, refreshing beers. And then we've got two more coming in July, a fruit punch and a mosaic dry hop. What I like about this one is that the raspberry's there, and if you like raspberry, you really like it. But I feel like it's also at the same time subtle enough. If you didn't like raspberry, you could still enjoy this beer, like yeah. almost. Like it, it's uh... Yeah, no, I think that's a good way of describing it. I mean, when we sit down, David and I, and, and chat about beers, generally anytime we add fruit to something, the fruit kind of supports the beer. Um, it's in, not the lead role. Yeah, it's not the lead role in, in, in the beer itself or the experience. But obviously it gives, us, gives it this beautiful color and, and this nice, you know, kind of acidity and, and, and you know, sweetness from the, the raspberry. And it's, uh, it's just, yeah, it turns out you've still got kind of that Belgian-y table beer experience along with some fruit. So, yeah. I, I like it. Like w the first sip you taste, like it starts to bit like the flavor starts to build and build. Then, then it just kind of stops at a nice, pleasant area, and for a ridiculously low ABV, it does not have a thin mouthfeel. No. How so? How is that accomplished? Uh, so there's there's a good amount of wheat in here. So that helps build some body. Um, I mean, the finishing gravity is super low on this beer. Um, so it's it's fairly dry, but without being thin somehow. Yeah, again, I, <laughs> that, that was one of uh, 
my first thoughts trying it was that I expected it to be way thinner yeah. with only three and a half percent alcohol. You, like, you just expect it's going to be like, and it's like thinking back to the, um, the uh, low ABV IPA uh, yeah. craze mm-hmm. of what a decade or so ago that yeah. like no matter what breweries tried it was still thin. like a hoppy thin, water yeah, yeah. then underwhelming beer but this doesn't uh it doesn't present that way at all no it's definitely not as like thick as a lot of the other fruited beers out there but it's not thin by any means yeah it's fun it's like uh, so many breweries are making their 10 or so percent beers that trick you into thinking that they're a much smaller beer and that you don't taste that booze at all this is a tiny little almost no alcohol beer that tricks you into thinking that you're drinking uh, something with more of a backbone yeah yeah i mean i i love how the beer looks you know the aroma is is beautiful and obviously how it finishes so the mouthfeel we're really happy with like dave said you know use quite a bit of wheat in this which which helps and um yeah and yeah, it's just different than what we're seeing out there. You know, there's a lot of breweries doing some really, really, you know, beautiful things, um, and we try to kind of find our own lane. And and so this is something we've been been exploring for a while. And are Are you going to make it a year round offering, or is it going to be summertime only? As of now, it's just going to be summertime. We may do it these you know versions or brands again this summer. Um, but really just here at the brewery and, and out at the farm. So we're kind of keeping it close to home. Is, uh, is the plan to constantly rotate and introduce different fruits, or is, are you going to stick with these four? Yeah, I think we'll, uh, we'll see how these four go and then kind of experiment with some other stuff after that. So, you know, there might be some winter versions or... yeah. Have you but, thought about mango and pineapple? We, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've got Novo, which has has hit both of those. I yeah. think. Um, I think we do have a pineapple version uh, in July. So uh, we've got other beers that that do that. But like Dave said, we've been exploring. You know, whether it's through the cute little saison series or, you know, uh, a close relative. Um, you know, exploring some some winter options. Something maybe. Uh, not fruit focused, but you know, maybe something spice and and nice. Oh, that could be cool. I would not enjoy because I'm not into the the spicy thing, but I know plenty of people do. But like during the Thanksgiving, Christmas mm-hmm. time, doing that, uh, like a winter warmer, so, like yeah. Yeah. sort of. Although I guess that's not really at all the same. But something with uh, <laughs> with, the, the, with the with the, the seasonal feel, yeah, something in that right. vein, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, it something I thought of too, where you're talking about names, like as a production, like a production brewery, that's got to be kind of a pain in the butt now. Mm. Like when you're a brewery that's just doing one off releases all the time, like I don't even, I don't even know if people even check to see if other beers are made with that name at this point. It's like, all right, if we're told to stop, we don't plan on making that again that's anyway. Right. That's right. But when you know you're going to make a bunch of something and it's a, going to be out there that's got to be a real pain to try to find something at this point it it is and you know you know early on it's really fun and you get the whiteboard out and you you list about 30 names and you search and know okay 15 are taken so here's 15 yeah you know now uh if you put 30 names there may be 28 taken so it, it is a challenge and you know i'm the guys on the production side help out with the naming, but it's not really there. You know, they've got to be creative in different ways, so they help and they'll let us know oh, that one works, that one doesn't. Um, but yeah, we're kind of run out of ideas after a while. <laughs> so I I love kind of the organic way this came about, which was which was literally just how do we describe this and and uh, our head brewer throughout this this. Uh, you know, three-word phrase. So, did uh, were there a lot of pilot batches before you landed on it, 
this recipe or was it no. just like you had okay no. like you had an idea of where it needed to be and you were able to hit it right away because it yeah and it's yeah. just it I, don't, I guess I, I expected it to be more complicated because this is legitimately such a a tasty well-balanced well, beer at such a small abv well yeah. we we made we a table we, beer last year yeah but. We did a dry hop table beer last year, and we were really, really happy with it. So you're able to, yeah. to build off of what you learned from that one. Yeah. yeah, I think so. But we also spend a lot of time. So we don't normally do pilot batches. Matter of fact, we don't do pilot batches. Well, because you only have the ones. You don't have a small system here, right? Like everything you're brewing, you're all in. But yeah, Yep, 20 barrels or, or more. Yeah. <laughs> so... If it's something for distribution, generally not, if it's a new beer, not less than 60 barrels. Um, but since this is, is taproom only, you know, we essentially were able to, to leverage some of our smaller tanks and do 20 barrels total. Um, so, yeah, we, we just spend a lot of time talking about the beer before, before we design it or before Dave sits down and, and builds a recipe. So we... Uh, we started this process, I think, in September of last year, talking about it, what we wanted it to be, what we didn't want it to be. And then Dave spent a lot of time designing it. And so I feel like there's a lot of pilot batches that are run kind of uh, in Dave's head before we actually go to brew it, which is kind of you know great for us. Um, yeah, maybe a little uh, stressful for Dave, but uh, <laughs> yeah, good for us. It makes it you you're you happy. I mean, yeah, I mean, it makes the team you know really really happy, um, and uh, it's a little more efficient for us because we can when we're ready to go, we're ready to go. I think one of the best things about this beer is that when you get halfway through it and. Like, well, I guess any beer, and you start thinking, like, oh, man, these are going down way too easy. But then, like, it doesn't matter. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you can have a few, and you're still going to be completely fine. Yep. Yeah, it's only 3.5%. Yeah, and it's, you know, and as you sit, whether it's here or at your home or wherever it may be, you know, maybe you want to have one or two more than you normally would. And uh, at 3.5%, it still allows you to kind of... Uh, Continue with your day. Have you been seeing a higher demand for lower ABV beers? Um, I don't know if we've seen. I don't think I've observed. We want lower ABV. Um, I think we've been seeing more demand for just easy drinking, uh, refreshing. So leaning into you know maybe that lager beer experience, whether it's you know our pilsner, um, you know our our Czech Pilsner penchant or our German Pils Hauslager, which is only available here. Um, Kolsch was another one, Watermill, that we just released. So a lot of people are looking for those, what I would call traditional ABVs, four and a half to five and a half. But I think, um, I don't want to say people are overloaded with flavor because I think they definitely enjoy that. But, you know, if you're, if you're looking, you know, especially in the warmer months, you know, something a little clean and refreshing is what we've we're starting to see i mean in our tap room pilsner and our belgian style wit white marble tend to be the top sellers over yeah, no bone sobo sometimes you know you know went out but for the most part if we have an, you know a handful of ipas and a handful of lagers the lager beers generally are, are pushing more out of our tap room do you do you see that same thing in packaged or distribution too, or is it the inverse where it like loggers still aren't selling well on shelves, but the the IPAs are still I mean, IPAs oh. always king in market, yeah. right? Um, you know, hazy IPAs have had their you know you know their big push over the last several years. Um, West Coast or clear IPAs are you know, are definitely in demand as well. You know, lager beers are increasing year over year, but IPAs are just so, yeah. so far ahead. Um, that, so, that's yeah. definitely been a sediment that's been echoed a lot over probably like the last year now where clean beer 
mm-hmm. or clear beer has been making much more of a comeback where lagers are way more popular than they've ever been. Uh, West Coast IPAs are making a strong comeback where they kind of mm-hmm. went away almost completely yeah. for a good five or so years. Yeah, and I think yeah that challenges us as breweries. Like, how do we make a West Coast that's maybe a little more approachable than, you know, probably 15 years ago, 20 years ago when we I mean, started I drinking? I miss the ones that ripped the enamel <laughs> off your teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think we may be uh, a different breed, right? Yeah. As, as people are starting to, you know, explore craft beer, expand their palates. Well, yeah, the people who yeah. are just now coming into it and they're... Their first introduction to an IPA was something super juicy and yeah. hazy, and you hand them all like this is an IPA too, yeah. and it was like a palate wrecker. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how do you bridge that gap, yeah. right? And so, you know, we've had we've had uh, a number of IPAs. Actually, we just had a series this year called Soundboard, um, and Dave created this really beautiful uh, West Coast style IPA, so a clear IPA, but really approachable still a lot of hop flavor aroma but not uh wrecking your palate yeah so to speak i miss those though yeah Yeah. Yeah. it feels like you're taking a scraper to your taste buds (laughs) well i remember when you would always look for the highest ibu yes oh yeah i mean 100 i was that person (laughs) going going into the beer store like just whatever the highest ibu ipa you have is (laughs) oh 100 plus this is the one yeah, I think there's always going to be that thing where breweries kind of push the limits on things. So you see a lot of beers you know, kind of in this category that are, have as much fruit as they can put in there. We we tend to do things a little bit differently where we're a little bit more reserved on stuff. Um, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago we would have been making the, the 100 IBU IPAs, <laughs> but... I feel like you probably would have been because that was just a. That was just what it was. That back wasn't then. A, yeah. That wasn't like an outlier. Really that pushing the no. uh, the boundaries type Mm-mm. thing. That was a uh, like if you wanted to sell West Coast IPA, that's that's yeah. what the what it was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, let's take um, a real quick sponsor break. I just looked at the time and saw how long we've been talking. Um, and when we get back, I don't know. I just we'll just keep talking about beer. That's right. All right. So we will be right back. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations, located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs, are one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. Um, so how, how did you decide what fruit you were going to use to start out with? Was that market research or just like, I like these fruits and... Uh, I think we we wanted something that was going to give the beer some color. So raspberry is always a good one. And raspberry is just kind of a fruit that is very present in there. And you don't have to add too much for it to be part of the beer. From so many breweries that, like, especially in the heavily fruited sour world, that red ones almost sell two to one to, yeah <laughs> like no matter if like if you release two and the non-red one is twice as good as the red one the red one still sells yeah twice yeah twice i think as good cause, people want to see the fruit yeah. in there and it looks good on instagram yeah exactly <laughs> that's, right. that's right yeah I, I mean like dave said i think we threw out a bunch of different fruits you know what 
you know, we do let, you know, the, we put the fruit in and let it ferment out. So we wanted something that had, you know, you know, provided color, you know, we were able to ferment out and would still get the beer where we wanted it to be at the end. Um, and still provide kind of the flavor notes we were looking for. So um, that's, I think, really where we, you know, how we kind of netted out at, at what we have. So the raspberry blackberry were the first two. Uh, similar in color, although blackberry's a little, a little darker, I think. And um, so, you know, if you do put them side by side, there is some difference there. But um, yeah, so I think that and the fruit punch and then we really liked our dry hop table beer last year, so we chose a different hop this year, and uh, so we do have that mosaic dry hopped. Version. Which uh, is that? It, it's was it mosaic last time, or is mosaic this time? Mosaic this time. Yeah, yeah. So, and I we, hear people like mosaic. You know, I've heard that too. I've heard yeah. That too. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a few out there that they like, uh, but th- those. So the fruit punch and mosaic come in July. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is that going to be like the typical release schedule where there's a, I guess that July is next week. Uh, <laughs> so, so late, I don't know. So late, so, <laughs> late so July. Mid, yeah, mid yeah. to late July. So, you know, as these come out, the, the next go okay. in um, and we'll try to run them like that. So if these are pretty well received, they may go right back in for the summer, the, you know, through the end of the summer. Um, or we may come up with uh, a different version. I mean, I'm telling you, pineapple mango. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure people would like it. Pineapple mango. It's my answer to everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do like both of those, so you know, you might see it in the future. That's right. One of these beers. Ma- mango right now is apparently awful, though. Oh, yeah. Is it? Yeah, all the puree and everything is not very high quality for some reason. Hmm. Guessing some sort of supply chain, yada yada yada. I'm sure, I'm <laughs> like, sure. Like everything else That's in the right. world. <laughs> yeah, but but they would make cute little fruits to go on, they on would. the front of the label. Yeah. That's for sure. The dancing uh, dancing pineapple would be adorable. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I think there <laughs> is some mango in the in the fruit yeah. punch version, but it's not the only fruit in there. So hopefully, it's not too terrible. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well. At normal levels, it's probably not as perceivable. Yeah. But when it's fifty percent of, the, right, <laughs> of yeah. the beverage, becomes much more of a problem. Yeah, I think we have <laughs> six or seven fruits in the yeah. in the fruit punch one. But so. I'm like, I'm thinking more of like a like a, uh, fruit juice beer. Yeah, where, yeah. Yep. <laughs> where all all you're tasting is the fruit, not the beer yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, and and again, I think. You know, there are breweries that are doing really, really well with that. Yeah. And I think it's, that's... And people like it. And people love it. They and, more than like it. They, they absolutely love it. But, you know, we... I think, like I said, we try to find kind of our own lane and what's going to allow us to kind of stick with our mission but also provide a, a different option out there. And I, I know I've, I've definitely said it a bunch of times, but I'll argue that even... For breweries that want nothing to do with that, it in as much as that's looked at down upon as like a crappy area of craft beer, I still will argue that it's good in oh. that it introduces beer to people who would never like or try beer beforehand because it's not beer. It doesn't taste like beer, but those people are then more likely to try something else while they're there. Sure. I mean, I don't know. And again, you know, we, like you, we kind of live this every day. I don't, I, I don't know if it's looked down upon. I think we enjoy them. Um, oh, know, it's definitely looked down upon uh-huh. by a lot of like, you know, Is it? beer snobs. Oh, okay. Maybe okay. not. Like, I don't think breweries... No, no, because it's our, more of like you know, your yeah, a good friend of ours old school uh, beer drinkers will, oh, I gotcha. are the ones that'll mock and sure. And you know, again, to your point, there's there are breweries that are making beers for them, and then yeah. there are breweries that are going to make beers that help get people interested in craft beer. So our friend Ben, and I know he's yeah. a friend of yours up at uh, Fourscore, uh, makes some really creative beers well i mean that that's one of the funniest things about four score is that 
what has them, I mean, at this point, known nationally. I mean, you'll see their beer being posted online from people in California and all over the country. Mm-hmm. But it's their heavily fruited sours of what they're known for. Ben makes some of the best lagers mm-hmm. and that, well, that's what traditional I, yeah. beer that you that's, can drink. That's what I was going to say. You know, he makes some some really you know beautiful lager beers, and so I think, yeah, I love that that dual collab that you guys did because yeah. that both of them were phenomenal beers it was like paloma sour is that yeah. what it was paloma sour at at four score and then here we did a paloma lager yeah. so yeah and again i think to your point that, that lager was so good yeah dave, dave and <laughs> it's very and, refreshing yeah dave and uh ben created two really really nice beers so um but yeah as long as it gets to talking about craft beer i think yeah. for for us you know, that conversation continuing beyond one or two styles between, oh, you know, Four Scores also making beautiful lagers, Monument Cities making some really delicious lager beers or lager adjacent beers, um, you know, Union's making some delicious beers, you know, obviously, you know, we've got, you know, Oliver's and Mob Town around here. So, you know, there's, you know, Jail Breakdown and, you know, and Laurel, there's, there's some really good beers being made that are not necessarily within that specific style. They're normal beer. And yeah. It, the, the, well, it's be, really good. <laughs> yeah, and and I would argue maybe beyond normal a bit, like a lot of energy and thought being yeah, put in. Still, yeah, I, when that that's kind of like the maybe I, I don't want it's not a problem. But one of those things I'd like those extreme outliers in craft beer kind of twist the thought process of pushing the envelope in craft mm-hmm. beer because like there's still a lot of that being done but it doesn't look quite as much because people are putting every ingredient possible into mm-hmm. a stout or a sour but like i mean even like this is like cute little saison beer mm-hmm. that's experimentation and pushing the envelope and just in a different realm that's right but not not cramming as much uh, candy or <laughs> something into a beer as possible, but it's still innovating. Yeah, it, and it's it's trying to, to your point, experiment and find things that you know we think are are really approachable and drinkable that you know hopefully consumers enjoy. And so that you know we spend a lot of time doing that. I mean, no, we you know we have four year-round beers, and then we have a couple of extended seasonals, and then obviously our seasonal releases, but we release a whole lot in between that. Yeah. I think we have 20 different beers that we do throughout the year. Yeah. yeah, and so, you know, we try to do things that that we really find interesting. Um, you know, we released last year, and it'll be again in July, Sunny Fields, which is a farmhouse with sea salt and lime. That beer is so good. So I, good. That I got to try that the first time at that event we can't remember. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. What was that? It, it was the stopgap for Revive. I just can't remember what the name oh, it was. Oh, it was re- the BAM thing. Yeah. And then was, there were no lights in like 9 o'clock. Yes. Everyone was falling all over yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> we got to talk to Kevin about more lights. Well, yeah. I don't think I don't think they're going to do the outside thing anymore. Because oh. like, that was just one of those. It was a beautiful day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Everyth- it was amazing. It, they just I, forgot lights. Well, yeah. <laughs> that was just one of those um, COVID-adapted yeah. mm-hmm. events where, like, we can't pack a bunch of people inside, sure. so we're going to do this outside hybrid type of Even thing. Even though it was pretty packed. It was. Yeah. There were a lot of people there. That's right. Well, that was in that time yeah. frame where, like, everyone started to feel a little bit safe, so you just went and did whatever there was sure. possible that's to right. do. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a nice event. Yes, that's what it was. Which it was like October, November, maybe. I don't know. It was sometime. I don't know. We remembered it. That's yeah. that's enough. I think yeah. <laughs> we got close that's, enough to say right. that we're, right. we haven't lost our memories yeah. completely. But yeah, so you know, we you know, not just us. All breweries are just trying to make sure that we can kind of challenge ourselves, stay creative, but you know, produce really beautiful beers. So that you said twenty some was that the total? That you did, or just regular beers that you did last year? 
I think I think between all of our brands, it's a little over 20 releases. Okay. So that includes our our seasonal and year round. Yeah, we're roughly two. Not always new. Some of them are you know old favorites, but yeah. roughly two releases a month. Yeah. So last year so, we started our kind of what we seems call. Seems like our, it would be higher than that. I feel like you have to have done Wait, more it, than 20 beers last year. Maybe. Maybe. 24. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go back and count. But 20 stand out yeah. to me. So it's in I, that range. It, it, the only reason it makes me think, like, I, I read a, I read something recently. I think it was on Beervana or, like, one of those more, like, thoughty, thoughty blog, mm-hmm. beer blogs. And it was talking about, like, the number of beers that there are now. And I think it, I think it was framed around distribution and shelf space and stuff and how like you know like a decade ago or so the idea that a brewery would put out a hundred different beers in a year was unfathomable yeah and now it's just the norm yeah i think flying dog was the only one doing it in this in in maryland i think they were doing two or three beer different beers a month but yeah yeah. because they had all those uh like rarity mm-hmm. brew house rarities yeah. and stuff like that so they've all yeah they've always been doing the more limited release type thing but for the most part it was mainly like a brewery had their core mm-hmm. lineup which was usually just a representative of like your main styles like they yep. had had a lager had an ipa had an amber had that's a stout right, that's right and, and a then couple seasonals yeah. And, yeah 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 but now you know i would say Starting maybe three, four years ago, you had you almost had to have something new each month. Yeah. Um, so, and we still see that there's you know the shelves are are very very crowded. Um, you know, and I, we've talked about it. You know, I think all Maryland beers should be represented on the shelf um, you know, throughout the state. Uh, What's your number one seller? It's still Fifty One Rye. Okay. I think it's like forty four percent of our total volume. Is it, and has that always been? Because that was one of your original beers, right? One of our first two, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I I remember because our distributor was like, "Ah, I'm not sure those are going to do too well. So we're a little bit off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Although, I mean, I think that is kind of an anomaly for a rock. It is. It is, yeah. I say that as they're like two, I don't know if uh, Monocacy that's still right yeah yeah but i'm i'm i would imagine right rise probably they're still their number one seller it's probably doing well for them yeah 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 i mean so you know we've we've always had rise kind of our flagship um but to your point we have four year-round beers you know 51 rye a pale ale um so pagoda pale ale then we have um pension pills pills and our white marble wit, which is a Belgian style wit, so you know, which you don't see from a lot of breweries, at least on a year-round basis. Yeah. So we try to add something a little different with each of them, but representative of kind of who we are as a as a brewery. Although it is quite possible that there aren't as many popular rye IPAs because outside of Fifty One and Riot. There are a lot of bad <laughs> IPAs. Yeah, and I think like a lot of places just stopped making them because there were so many bad ones. Yeah, I mean it's you know the, the guys have you know when we started it was a, always a difficult beer to brew, and I think that's the difference when you come from like a homebrew world. And that's it, what uh, uh, Tom Flores at Monaco said, like that. Brewing with rye is really difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. And yeah, then, anything over fifteen percent of the grist is just a bear to work it with. Gets and, stuck a lot, right? Yeah. Is that what it, so we, you know, when we went from that world to production, we're like, oh shit, what did we get ourselves into? <laughs> and then we're like, well, we're not going to do this anymore. Let's hire Dave, and we'll let Dave deal with it. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> let's wash our hands of this yeah. problem. <laughs> That's right. So we've got it down to a science now. now. It's, but Dave, does a, yeah, Dave does a great job with it. Well, I guess at some point when that, that's 43% of what you're selling, you kind of figure out how to make it as easy yeah, as possible. that's right. When we're filling <laughs> an 80-barrel tank of it every three weeks, then it's yeah. you got to figure out how to do it efficiently. Yeah. So no, I, I like to ask this question, too, because everyone always seems to have different answers. How do you decide between if you're going to package in 16-ounce or 12-ounce? It's a good question. So, 
so in general, toss it, a coin. No, 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 no. We <laughs> we put a little more thought okay. into that. We tossed two coins. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Three and a half. Yeah, that's right. That's two um, we. Uh, it would Gen- be stupid to take it up to a <laughs> coin toss. Yeah. <laughs> Generally, things that are limited or that we're going to sell exclusively here, we put in 16s. So, Is it because that customer doesn't think anything good comes in the 12-ounce can? A little bit of that. You think? <laughs> it, 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 it could be a little bit of that. I find, even though some of my favorite beers are sold in 12-ounce cans, I still somehow have like fallen to that... that mm-hmm thought process too that like you see all these sought after beers all exclusively in 16 ounce cans and like and like a bottle i wouldn't buy a bottle of beer yeah. for any reason unless it was a yeah. large like a, a, a um a mixed firm which by the way we'll send you home with some of our mixed <laughs> firm but um yep. but also it allows us to get a better price point for the consumer um and yeah, I think that's it. When we think of things that are maybe distributed a bit more broadly, like our core or our extended seasonals, day hike or brown ale in, in the fall and winter, um, you know, those kinds of things, uh, we generally put them in 12 ounce because uh, it's space. Easy, easier <laughs> on the shelf. You know, although, you know, we, you see a bunch of 16s out there. Yeah. yeah. I Well, I'll give my, my rant about uh, can sizes is that, and I'll also obviously forget that the vast majority of beer drinkers probably are still just buying 12-ounce <laughs> cans mm-hmm. of Budweiser or Icy Light that we, we stick into our own world. But every beer fridge you buy is all set up for 12 ounce cans sure and then to adjust the the shells to fit 16 ounce completely throws off like how much you can fit in it (laughs) yeah it's we uh, didn't even consider that yeah we didn't we ours are easy to adjust in there so but um yeah so that's generally our rule of thumb if it's something that's a little more limited or something that we want to highlight as kind of exclusive then we'll put it in 16s. I mean, we have our, um, what we call our classic series, which is, you know, we have a Kolsch, we have a Czech Col- Dark. That's another, Kolsch's have made a strong comeback recently. Sure. Yeah, I mean, just, again, they're they're really approachable, easy yeah. drinking beers. So you just sit in your tap room and you're like, welcome back. That's, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, we knew what was good for you all that, along. That's, yep. That's right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that have done them, you know, consistently throughout the yeah. year. So, yeah, it's and it's interesting when you go to other states. Um, you know, they celebrate. You know, like a, a, a you know a, a really delicious Kolsch or you know a, a German Pilsner or a Czech style Pilsner. So. Um, you know, and we're starting to see a lot of that in Maryland, which I can't is fantastic. Remember what, what is your pills? Uh, we, penchant pills. Yeah. And what's, then what's what style is that it? one's Czech. Czech okay, style. that's right. Yep. And then we have. I love a good Czech pills. Yeah. And then we have a, a German style pills here that we call House Lager, and that obviously stays here for the most part. Um, send it one or two places on draft, but not, another. Not much tangent on can size i will say the only time that a yeti is 100 percent worth purchasing is the smaller yetis they're the only ones that are made where you can stack two two high 16 ounce cans because they made theirs taller instead of wider it'll fit behind a car seat and you can fit to noted I did a lot of research. <laughs> I bought a cooler. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that cooler's expensive. A little out of my it, price range at the moment. But, it, uh, it, well, that's why I only have the small one. Okay. Um, but, like, specifically on the small ones, it is worth that added premium if you care about yeah. being able to stack. You can. Yeah, and we do. I mean, again, yeah. a lot of, like I said. You can perfectly fit four. I mean, eight four packs with the four. large Yeti ice pack. Four on the and four. Side. Yeah, oh, two and two. Wait, so four four packs. Four four packs. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. 
That's what I say. That's a big. That's a. Big and I think cooler. maybe you can fit another two along the side. I don't know. You fit a lot of beer in it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and perfectly because they're tall. Yeah. And and again, yeah, you know, on the sixteenth. That's mean, not an ad. <laughs> <laughs> but you have a Yeti shirt on. No, I'm, just <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. But no, it's uh, yeah. I, you know, I I see a lot of sixteens in in most places. Um, again, except those that maybe have a a year round or a core yeah. lineup. Yeah. Although, and then it does seem like that more and more um, craft breweries have started putting their uh, some kind of core, more traditional style beers into twelve ounce cans too. So it's uh, yeah. I mean, I always I, find packaging interesting. Yeah, I think just as Most you start to could care less, but no, I mean it's it's really important, and I think as you start to have limited shelf space, you know, yeah, being that, able to fit both your SKUs on top of each other in a slot versus trying to find two slots. Yeah, because they're, yeah. they're not adjusting their shelf sizing no, to accommodate no, different. No, no, <laughs> no, they're not. So you've got to try to try to find a way to to just maximize your reach and some cases that's yeah putting some of those in, in 12 ounce and we're kind of sh- struggling with that with our vienna lager it, last year we put it out in 16s and we're being asked to put it out in 12s this year for that very reason so by customers or by by stores, re- by and, stores and, and so they and, can just stack them on top of each other right. yeah uh let's take another quick sponsor break sure. and we get back um why don't we talk about some of your location type changes, namely the farm, sure. which is not, I guess, really new at this point, <laughs> but new to me yes. at least. Uh, I don't think last time I was here, you didn't have the stage, which I'm guessing has been here for quite some time. Also, it's it's uh, been here a while, but yeah, not I don't know, going on t- almost two years now. Yeah, well, that's last <laughs> two years don't count. Uh, right. So we will be right back. I buy my beer at District East in downtown Frederick, Maryland. They have an amazing selection of local and hard-to-find beers, and I love the option of making my own mix-and-match custom six-pack. District East is on Northeast Street in Frederick, in the same shopping center as Showroom Restaurant and Rockwell Brewery. Most weeks, they have over 950 beers in stock. Check out this week's selection at www.districteastbeer.com. Are you planning on having custom glassware made for your business? Glassware availability for 2022 has already reached capacity, and it looks like costs will predictably rise this year. Don't worry, ACS Brand My Beverage has you covered with over 6 million units of the most popular glass styles exclusively in their inventory to meet your branded glassware needs right now. Lock in today's lower prices and take immediate delivery, or ACS will store your product for you until you're ready. Email sales at brandmybeverage.com or visit brandmybeverage.com to reserve your glassware. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours, tastings, and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. So let's talk about the farm first. Sure. So this is something that was kind of born out of COVID. Um, yeah, it was going to be one of my first questions. Was this something you'd wanted to do for a while or like COVID showed just how important outdoor space is? Yeah, I think it's a, a little bit of both. I mean, I think COVID kind of opened our eyes to the importance of kind of expanded retail footprint. Um, and I think, you know, that will continue to happen for us. Um, so the farm was somewhere where we were aging barrels, um, but also where we have uh, really just an open air outside beer garden. So we're only there seasonally on the weekends. It's a really beautiful space out in Upperco. Um, Where's that? Upperco, it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, technically on 30 on your way to Hanover, PA, it's up that way. Okay. So Upper Co. was really 
cleverly named as uh, Upper Baltimore County. So Upper County. Uh, so yeah, it's it's up you know, off of 30, um, and we're there, like I said, uh, seasonally on the weekends. How uh, has that been well received? Do, do a lot of people? Yeah, I mean, we, yes. That, that it, seems yeah. to be the vibe that at least a certain segment of beer drinkers enjoy. Yes, it, it definitely has been well received. Obviously, it's extremely weather dependent. Yeah. Um, so, super hot days, we're not there. Rainy days, we're not there. So, if it's ideal weather like today, uh, it would do really, really well. Um, this past yeah. weekend probably did. Well. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it was it was very nice. And it's what's what's you know what we found out is there a lot of customers that used to come into the city that for whatever reason are no longer coming into the city. So it's a nice option for them to have a short commute and and you know still be able to enjoy our our lineup. So is it? It's all outdoors, right? There's all. no indoor. Correct. Yeah. Is it is that the plan to keep that like that, or do you plan on building anything there? I mean, we're exploring options that allow us to to kind of mitigate the weather. Um, but I would say for this season, for sure, it's going to remain yeah. completely outdoors. How much uh, space do you have? Um, I don't know, maybe thirty by sixty. So, okay. not not a ton, but the property has. Is, is eight acres. Okay. Yeah, that's, I guess, yeah. Like so there's the potential. That's right. So there's, the, we're not the only business there. There are other businesses okay. there. So um, there's an ice cream place, uh, charred barbecue. Uh, there's a Spring Meadow Farms, which is a nursery. It's almost like a collective. Yeah, a bit, a bit. But uh, yeah. And so we're one of, you know, one of several businesses yeah. that are. Are operating there. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I like it. It makes um, the decision to go to places like that kind of more more appealing. Mm-hmm. Like if you like, you just go and you can eat, have your desserts, That's have right. your beer, buy some plants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one stop shop. I think right. there's a petting zoo there's for a, the kids. Oh, so. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. There are there are goats and sheep. Uh, I think so. Is it some set ducks up too? Is it set up such where people would be able to get a beer from you and then go mm-hmm. and do the other things? So it's all yep. nice. Yep. Yeah, it's oh, it's it, perfect. Then. It's fun. Again, on, on nice weather days, it's a, it's a great kind of uh, family outing for sure. So I said earlier you have you have a stage in here for the past several years that I just <laughs> it actually may have even been here the last time cuz I I do remember the last time I stopped in here it did look very different than previous times so maybe that was there then I just didn't take yeah, quite I as mean, much note so what what sort of things are you doing at the brewery now I mean I think we're just leaning in a bit more to to some of the programming that we had pre-COVID. So we still do a lot of music, uh, you know, kind of free music during hours where we've been kind of exploring and, and having some after hours ticketed events, um, you know, some community events where, uh, you know, we'll have kind of speakers come in and, and you know, where it's, you know, beer supports kind of that community discussion. Um, so yeah, we're leveraging the stage for a whole host of things. Uh, we've always, like I said, always kind of had that type of programming, but our stage with some palettes with uh, maybe dressed up a little bit, and, <laughs> and this is uh, an actual safe, is, that's right, <laughs> elevated structure. That's to right. Be on. Uh, so yeah, so we're continuing to do that. You know, we we are starting to have uh, a more expansive food program through you know food trucks that was when we first opened we had a lot of food trucks um most days that we were open uh we had a restaurant that opened next to us where we really tried to collaborate with them that restaurant is no longer in existence so we're kind of uh exploring um food trucks back here on i on completely missed their existence then yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, unfortunately for them, they opened in February of 2020. Oh, yeah, that was poorly thought out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, opening something like that in Baltimore in the beginning of the pandemic when you don't already have a customer base, that, that's right. They're, they're, I mean, there's there was almost no chance they were no. going to survive that. Yeah, and it was a different. It's a cool name, and it looks like it was a cool spot. Oh, the space is beautiful. Space is absolutely gorgeous. Um, yeah. Although so, they took away the really cool uh, statue. Yeah. Yeah. Mark. Mark made that. Um, yeah, they did take that away. But yeah, they put in some nice trees or bushes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, we feel bad for obviously the the team that was there. But uh, so we actually, for our release this weekend of Cute Little Saison, the Raspberry and Blackberry Casino Luchadora will be here. Um, so we're excited to have them. And uh, I think she's making uh, some, popsicles some popsicles or something. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's with the beer or uh, raspberry and, and blackberry popsicles to align with the beer. But nice. um, yeah, they're, they're really fantastic. And we've had a good relationship with them, you know, over the years so they'll be here this weekend and you have um why well, I, th I think you've had this for a while too the expanded outdoor we do seating areas yeah so we call it the pad but yeah we have um and on the weekends we have it covered in kind of sailcloth but we have outside seating uh under shade so on uh, on nice days, people can en enjoy being outside. Or if they still feel more comfortable being spread out, then there's opportunities yeah. for them to spread out for sure. I really like the look of sailcloth. Yeah. I, I think that it like, looks cool. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't choose it. My wife did. So I think, uh, <laughs> you know, but she generally chooses cool things, and the sailcloth is cool. It's at least functional. It is functional. So. That's right. That's a brewer speak for you. <laughs> I don't care if it looks cool. Does it's got to be does functional. Does its job. That's right. Yep. That's right. Uh, so this weekend you have cute little saison coming out. Uh, That's right. The two, the two, uh, the raspberry and the blackberry ones. Mm -hmm. um, what else do you have? Do you have anything else coming out soon that you want to talk about? Sure. I mean, other than the next two releases yeah. in this, we like I said, we have the fruit punch and the the dry hopped version. Then um, the pineapple mango one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, Sobo's I, coming back. Sobo will be back in we about do, two weeks. Yeah. We have a Nobo with pineapple will uh, come back in nice. July, late July, I think. Could be early August. And Hanhune, our our Hellas, will be out. Uh, this weekend, I think, this weekend as well. So, um, those are the immediate things. Sunny Fields will will be back, uh, and then we're preparing for. Uh, I think we're gonna call it. I don't know if we're gonna call it Logger Fest or Logger Camp, but we have a a nice Logger event that we're gonna do here in in late September. I like logger camp. You know, I'll I put do, my vote in for that. I, I do too. And sure I think I don't get one. I think <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, actually you may be the deciding vote, so I just have to say that. But um mark that tally now. But but we're gonna invite uh, a bunch of breweries here. We're hoping to have fifteen to twenty. Nice. It'll be kind of a ticketed event, but you'll be able to try all the beers. Uh, we'll have some music and food and some fun stuff going on. Um are you going to stick to localish breweries, or are you going to expand out to? We we are expanding out to a few um, for sure. So we're hoping to have some some of our friends from out of state join us, um, but obviously want to feature pri you know primarily you know Maryland brands, yeah. and so um, you know a lot of our neighbors around here will be invited, obviously. Uh, and then some some people that are that are newer to craft beer, like you know, Landmade out in uh, Poolsville, I think Poolsville, is where they are. Uh, which are making some really delicious beers. I think they've only been open a few months now. Yeah, it hasn't been long. It hasn't been long, but um, we we were fortunate enough to uh, to meet them and, and and enjoy some of their beers. So they they have some really beautiful lager beers and and, and some other things that they're doing out there. So. Um, yeah, we just hope to showcase, you know, you know what we think is a, a really uh, delicious style and uh, have some fun. 
I just think like the the logo for it could be like one of those little tear dropped uh, campers. Can't remember what they're oh, called. What's I the think name? they're called uh, teardrop yeah. campers. Oh, yeah, <laughs> nailed it. I, I nailed it. I think you uh, got it. I think you just put logger along, <laughs> along the top, along the curve, and then all right, right designed, done, <laughs> done. We'll have to give you credit. It's functional. See now yeah. your now your name or face is going to be somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Goodness gracious, man. <laughs> Uh, that, uh, that's like another growing trend, uh, in the last two years of festivals that are all just lager beers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we've, we've seen it not so much here. I don't a lot out in yeah, other yeah, I haven't states. haven't seen any local yeah. ones, but, um, like throughout the country, yeah. there's definitely a lot. There's one them. right up the road in Pennsylvania. Um, yeah. Log jamming. Was yeah. Human yeah, robot two, does that two one. weeks ago. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, we're uh, little beer fest. Although that's all just little beers. Uh, little beer fest down in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there's a I think a lager fest coming up soon at uh, Barrel Culture. Yeah, there. I mean, there. So we're we we would like to do that here. So it's a, it's a, I like yeah. it. It's a cool new trend. That's yeah. right. That's right. So we're gonna en- enjoy that and and leading up to that. When when did you say that was again? It's late late September. Uh, invites actually just went out are going out this week, and so we're hoping to to finalize that list over the next few weeks, and at least the initial list, and, and get it out and start talking about it. Awesome. Um, that that'll be something cool. That's and then so like Oktoberfest season time frame. Yeah, or we're trying to go before right all before the other that. all the other Oktoberfest events start. Yeah. So not to clash with them too much, yeah. but so there's definitely an overlap, yeah, sure. in the in those worlds. Yes, very much so. What what else do you have coming up? Is there anything else? I mean, there's a lot, but those are the those are the, we're the, we're fixing our canning line today. So. <laughs> yeah, for anyone wondering yeah. about that, that's right. Um, Isn't that just something a brewery always does, though? That's right. We're always <laughs> fixing our canning. Always line. Basically, fixing every right. every run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Every day we something has uh, need needs attention. So uh, it's not the boiler or the chiller; it's the the canning line. What uh, I've heard constantly lately of glycol chillers going down is that just like when a weather changes that's when they all crap out or? they definitely run harder when it's hot outside so. yeah and a, depending a day on, like today isn't bad but. yeah and depending on what you got going on how many beers you're crashing and you know, sometimes they they say that's too much we're shutting <laughs> down today break. that's yeah. right <laughs> so what is the best way for people to stay up to date on Monument City happenings? I mean, I think Instagram is, is really kind of our primary, you know, mode of communication. Um, uh, our website, Facebook, places like that. Do you have a mailing list that you utilize? Yeah, or? we do. So um, if you want to get on that, you can just reach out to us through, through the website and we'll get you on the mailing list. I think we send out... We try not to inundate people, but, you know, once a month, once every other month. Yeah. yeah. Hey, thank you so much for having me out to try uh, the cute little Saisons. Yeah, thanks. Um, well, actually, you should give the, the – you did not mention the artist, right, who did the labels? Actually, we did this in-house, yeah. so oh, thank, okay. thank you for asking. Um, Chris Chris Berry, who's, who does our social media and, and kind of brand experience, uh, designed this. So um, – so yeah, he did a good job, and uh, we're excited. We I was gonna try to order a couple of these, uh, like suits, like you know, <laughs> costumes for him <laughs> to wear on the event. Uh, but I can't really find any that that look just like that. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like it. It's the perfect late. Like it. It just fits. You look at it, and you're like, yeah, that's what a cute little saison should look like you know, yeah and that's i think that's in general what the team said when we sent these out like, hey there was a couple different choices and this is where we landed so yeah he did a great job and uh we're excited to share them with people all right so thank you for giving me a sneak peek at them yeah thanks um, for coming out you know we've got to have you here more i know it's a little bit of a hike but uh, although i um i have for some reason have like 
become much more willing to travel lately. Before, like, the thought of driving out to Barma was like, nah, there's no way I'm doing that. Uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm much more willing to now. So well, good. I, I do. Good. I do need to make it out this way more often. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you being here and uh, you know, and letting us share share this beer and a little more about the brewery. Yeah. Everyone should definitely try these because they're great. And as someone who does not like to drink strong, heavy beers a lot, this this is perfect. Uh, so if you want something easy drinking but with a little more flavor, cute little saison is what you need. That's right. <laughs> but thank you for having me out. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks. so much. Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.